previous episodes, we've spoken about building communities, collaborating with brands, and the intricacies of content creation. In this episode, the founder of Good Things Guy, Brent Lindekue, tells us how to build a platform that connects your community. Over eight years, Good Things Guy has become a leading good news platform for both brands and communities. I ask him how they remain relevant as a platform and find out about their secret sauce. Be open to change. I think that's that's a, that's a big one. But also consistency. So I've, I've never faltered in what Good Things Guy is. We talk about how brands and agencies should consider changing their approach to working with content creators and influencers. I think from a brand's perspective, they need to be able to have open conversations with content creators to understand what that content creator does. Because it could be, like me, that my biggest platform is not TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. It is my website. And, and some, some agencies can't wrap their head around that. To build sustainable communities and get insights on working with platform owners and content creators, keep listening. Also, to help us build our community, hit share and subscribe to The Lead Creative. Welcome to The Lead Creative Podcast, where we talk to creative industry leaders, influencers and brands. We discuss the strategies that influence brand thinking and shape industries. Thought leaders and heads of agencies let us in on some of their thinking and insights. I'm your host, Mungi Simtati. Enjoy the show and please share and subscribe. Brent, thanks so much for making time to talk to us. First of all, congratulations on the book. That is really amazing. I mean, I've been following the, the developments on social media and it looks like that was quite the journey. How did you choose the stories that went into that book, first of all? Yeah, what a what an arduous task, right? So at Good Things Guy, we can write up to four thousand stories a year, mm. which is absolutely mind blowing that there are that many good news stories happening uh, every single day in South Africa. Um, the team and I each chose because we're a whole team now; it's not just me anymore. Yeah. We each chose sort of our our top one hundred um, that we thought were the top one hundred good news stories of the year, and then and then we we sort of said who's is here, who's is there and we we whittled it down to what is now the the best feel-good stories of of 2023 the top 100 yeah no that's 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 amazing and i look forward to to seeing it when it's uh when it's finished i know the p it's you know up for pre-order at the moment so brent a lot of things looking at you from the outside a lot of things um come natural to you, right? And yet we all struggle to find our place in the world. And a lot of us struggle to find our voice. At what point would you say you discovered your voice and your place in the world as you have? So I kind of think that I've always had a voice in, in different in different iterations of who I was or who I am because we, we're different people at different times of our life yeah, right yeah. so during during school I had a certain voice um uh, after school I had a certain voice when I first started my working career uh in the corporate sort of world I had that voice and and when my life changed and I moved into this this good things guy space that's when I didn't just 
find that voice, sure. but I found my purpose mm-hmm. as well. And I, I feel very much like, you know, we, we, as human beings, we, I don't know if we do focus on finding our purpose. Sure. I think for a very long time, for a very long time in my life, I was just sort of getting by. I was, I was doing the job. I was getting paid at the end of the month. I was seeing my friends. I was drinking on weekends. I was doing all those things, but I wasn't really living a purpose-driven life. And, and when I started Good Things Guy, that changed. And I now understand what my purpose is. And, and I understand um, how thankful I am yes. uh, for that, that purpose that I've been given mm. and this life that I've been given. Um, so that's the voice that I have now. And, and this is the loudest voice I've ever had in, in my whole life. So I think finding my purpose gave me my real voice and, and the acknowledgement that I have it. Yeah, yeah. Good Things Guy evolved a lot from the big idea that started it over the past eight years. It's been eight years. How have you managed to keep the platform relevant in the ever-changing digital landscape? Because eight years ago in 2015, it was a completely different world um, on the digital on digital platforms than it is today. How have you managed to kind of stay the course and remain relevant and with the changes from, you know, Twitter being X and TikTok launching and all of these to remain relevant as a platform and true to yourself? Yeah, so I think that's consistency. Um, we have to evolve. We have to look at, at, at what, the way the world's moving. And, and if we talk about social media, how quickly that moves around. And I've, I've watched it unfold. Yeah. Um, so Good Things Guy is eight years old. The act, that neck nominations thing that pushed me into this space is nine years old. And here's the crazy thing. Nine years ago, nine years ago, you could not upload video anywhere else on the internet except YouTube. Yeah. It was the only place where you could upload video. And, um, and, it, and, and that's evolved to now you can upload video to all the different platforms. Mm-hmm. And if we think about YouTube, where YouTube stands now, TikTok, I think, by far exceeds the numbers as to where people are uploading videos. Yeah. And, and YouTube's trying to catch up with like YouTube shorts and all of those things. So that's the first thing is we must, we must understand that change will happen. Yeah. Um, be open to change. I think that's, that's, a, that's a big one. But also consistency. So I've, I've never faltered in what Good Things Guy is. Good mm-hmm. Things Guy is a platform to tell good news. Yes. And it started as a Facebook page. It became a website. It then became South Africa's top good news site. And those stories are told on all the social media platforms. So how do we, how do we get involved with what the TikTok world is now? Mm. Well, we release a video once a week yeah. uh, that goes onto both TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook yeah. and YouTube. <laughs> and it's the, it's the top five good news stories of the week yes. packaged in a, in a beautiful little way um, that really does does some wonders on social media. It's that feel-good moment that I hope many people are looking for. Yeah. You mentioned that, of course, the, you know, the neck nomination or at least the big idea that's, that led to the Good Things Guy was eight years ago. And you've grown as a content creator from where, where things were then to where things are now. And, 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 and looking at the two eras, it's quite a leap. How do you balance remaining true to the cause while also um, 
doing the background work of the business. Because like you've just said, it's not, you know, good things as in just you, it's a team, right? And and when you come from a viral, a viral concept that shoots you up in the world, you then have to go back and build a plane that is the business for you to fly. How do you remain true? So I, I think the only thing that I can say there is that I'm incredibly grateful because when, when this started, I had no idea. I had no idea what this was going to be. And I had no idea that it would be something so, so massive. It's Good Things Guy, on a, on a good month, we reach over two, two and a half million readers a month. And, and, and for the, the viewers and the listeners that are watching this, I need you to understand that social media platforms are cool. They are cool, but you don't own the content. Yes. And if TikTok had to close tomorrow or if Instagram had to close, you would lose that followership. You would lose that platform. Not that it will. I mean, hypothetically, it's a some silly scenario to say that. Mm-hmm. But with Good Things Guy, those readers come to my platform. Yes. They're coming to read on, well, that's, is it my platform? It's the, the team's platform. But they're coming to that platform yeah. to read. So that's absolutely insane to think of it that way. Yes. And the numbers are even bigger. The, the little Good Things Guy video that we put out on a weekly basis, that uh, we partnered with Prime Media at the beginning of the year, uh, Prime Media Malls. And those videos get sent out to 25 shopping centers around the country, reaching over 30 million South Africans. On that's a amazing. It's absolutely that's like, insane. Like, that's, like, that's 50% of the country's population. It's mad, right? <laughs> it's really crazy to think of it that way. Um, so when it started, I had no idea how big it would become. And and now my job is to run the business. Sure. So to run the business and make sure that the business is working and paying the incredible team that I have uh, that, are, that are doing the good things every day, telling those good news stories, creating those videos, finding the content, doing all of that good stuff. I've had some people contact me where they've gone viral for a reason. Yeah and whatever they've done, and they've asked me what they could do to replicate kind of what I did. And the answer is, I have no cooking clue. I don't know how it's become what it is, and I'm just thankful for, for what it is every single day. That's the, and, and, and I find that to be a very interesting, a very interesting dynamic because one of our guests, um, and you might know Fred Road, talks about, we spoke about community and this idea of building a community. And he says, you need to have something that people can get behind, that they can coalesce behind. And I think you found that very quickly from, you know, from the video to the platform to remaining um, as, as, as the platform that that Good Things Guy is. Now, just going behind the scenes a bit, Brent, how do you decide what brands you work with and how should brands approach working with a platform owner and content creator like yourself? Because of course there's a sustainability part. There is the team that you, you know, that that's behind all of this. And there's the business that's behind all of this, uh, this, this really great machine that we know as the good, as good things guy, how do you decide on the brands you work with? So the, the biggest, and, and you asked about staying true or, or like how, how do you stay true to yourself? You asked about that yeah. a little bit earlier on. Yeah. And, and I came from a corporate space before. So I owned an agency, a brand activa- activation agency before Good Things Guy became a real thing. And when I worked for that brand activation agency, 
I worked with the most horrible people. Sometimes. Sometimes I would go to meetings and I would feel like I was going to the headmaster's office to be shouted at for whatever reason that didn't really matter in the bigger scheme of things. And, and when Good Things Guy started, I made the conscious decision to only work with brands and people, A, that I like, sure. so people that I, that I feel like I get along with, mm -hmm. and B, um, the brands that are doing good things, so real good things. Like I, I need to know that the corporates and the brands are, and now a lot of the CSI projects are out of this world, but, but like I needed to know that they were actually giving back. And I've, I've stayed true to that. So if ever there's a situation where um, I, might, I might feel like I'm not going to get along with a client or someone who's within the business, I won't work with them. Sure. And I've, I've turned clients away to just, and I'm not nasty, I just go, mm, I don't think this is going to yeah, work. Yeah. It, it ain't going to happen. And the brands, um, there's, there's a handful of brands that I refuse to work with. Uh, and they've tried, and they've tried to, to get space on the site, they've tried to do advertorials, and it's because I don't believe in, in, in the brand itself, or I don't believe that the work that they're doing from a CSI perspective is sustainable or is going to really um, move South Africa forward. So choosing brands to me is very important. Yes. And let me tell you this. The brands that have partnered with me, because that's what we do at the end of the day. Mm. They, they take advertising space on Good Things Guy. They, we speak about the good work that they're doing. And then in turn, um, people get to know that they're associated with mm -hmm. us. The brands that we work with have stayed with us mostly from the start. So like my one client, which is Spa, the, the, the grocery store, which you see everywhere, they've been with me for seven years. That's amazing. For seven years. And, and that's, that's, an, that's a real pat on the back for what we do. Um, but it's also about the good work that they do. And, and I, love, I love that that is a, a synergy with the people that we partner with. So partnerships are so mm -hmm. important. Now, there, there's something that I'd like to unpack a bit there which to me sounds as though um, it's, it's a values and missions thing, right? That, you, that your values and their values must kind of match. And that's, a, that's, a, that's, a case by case, that's on a case-by-case case basis. The other side is then the other part of the question, which is what should brand do? What's the background work that a brand should do before approaching you? Because it is a partnership, as you said. Yeah, 100%. So... Um I don't think they should do much background work. I mean, they, they need to be authentically themselves. Sure. Um, when brands approach me, it's pretty simple. It'll be a, a conversation starter. Uh, this is what we do. Would you be interested um, in, in sort of highlighting and promoting the work that we do? Mm. And, and, and that's, that's where it starts. And I can, you know, I, I, the answer is either yes or no. Um, mm. I had a, a client the other day. Uh, actually, also, sometimes that changes. And what, what did I say earlier? We need to be open to change. So I had a, I had a client yeah. that I believed I, I would never work with or, or, or sort of promote what they do. Um, I won't mention them here. But, but after the meeting and that first conversation that we had, I realized that perhaps I was wrong. Mm. And, and perhaps mm. they are actually doing good things that South Africa need to hear about. That, 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 that's also amazing. I think they're finding these synergies where you least expected them, I suppose. Um, what advice would you give content creators and agencies as well as brands about creating successful collaborations such as the one you described with Spa? Yeah, so I think, um, I think with brands and, and with content creators, um, there, there has to be 
there has to be conversations and and not just be tick boxes. Because sure. I've also found um, that sometimes when I get approached to do something with brands, it's just a list of an Instagram post, a Facebook post, a this and a that. I think from a brand's perspective, they need to be able to have open conversations with content creators to understand what that content creator does. Because it could be, like me, that my biggest platform is not TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. It is my website. Sure. And, and some, some agencies can't wrap their head around that because they're so used to just getting a brief in, ticking the box, and, and also understanding that each content creator has got their own unique voice. Mm-hmm. And, and they mm-hmm. need to use that voice to speak to the people that they are connected to in a way that the people that they are connected to enjoy it. And, and that means not um, being like sort of microscopic in, in copywriting. It needs, you know what I mean? Yeah, it needs yeah. to be conversational. Yes. You need to be able to let the content creator use their voice as they have it to deliver the message that you're hoping to get out there. Yeah, I think I think that that that's a lot of I, I think background investigation that the brand themselves needs to kind of do on the person, but also being open to it. And and what I'm also getting now is this sense that this idea of influence of content creator of platform owner is changing, right? It's evolving because with you, there's there's the site, there's your stuff that you do in your personal capacity. There's also the podcast. There are all these things that kind of connect the people you um, interact with and engage with. How do you make the distinction as to this kind of brand partnership is good here versus there? It's tough. So you got to, you got to look at um, where that brand would, would do best. And, and that's why I like working with brands who are open to having the conversation to go, Hey, Good Things Guy is a brand. Brent Lindeque is a brand. We've got different parts on social media space where we live, but then we've also got a platform. So let's speak about what's going to be best here. Do you, what is it, what messaging is it that you're trying to get across? What, what is your target market? Who are you trying to speak to? And I think when you start to have those conversations, then you're able to say more easily where brands could utilize the different platforms that I have to create um, campaigns that are meaningful for them. If you're enjoying The Lead Creative, please share this episode with your network and hit follow or subscribe. Enjoy the show. I know you've spoken about this a bit, but I want to take you back to this um, a little bit just to unpack the more the brand side of it and the brand conversation, right? So to me, Good Things Guy is a feeling right? It's hope, it's optimism. It's not just a news site. You said that uh, when the platform started, you wanted to create a good news site. There were good news sites that, you know, that existed back then that were more sort of better funded and you outgrew those, those platforms. Do you look for partners in brands that represent sort of the same similar things you know the same kinds of feelings because like 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 i'm like i'm saying for me there's a a new site and then there's something that you kind of feel and it feels real and authentic right i mean um 
don't know if you remember, but there's a story of of some geese that were stuck in a local park here, and I sent that story um, to Good Things Guy, and it only it could only have ever worked there because it's yeah. that kind of thing, right? So so so, do you look for brands that kind of represent that to work with? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think as the years have passed, so. It's almost like emotive advertising, right? Nine years ago, that didn't exist. Or it mm. may have, and it was very out there for brands to think about pulling on the heartstrings of their consumer. Yeah. But I think as, as time has passed, consumers now don't just want to trust a brand. They want to care about the brand, and they want to know that the brand is caring about them too. Mm. Um, and, and that's where that sentiment comes in with emotive advertising, where we show that we care. And that's a feeling. Yes. And I think that brands have caught, caught onto that now, and it's exactly what they're doing. And in my space, it makes it very easy then to partner with someone who's already doing that feeling advertising. Sure. That they're making people feel good mm-hmm. or doing good in the process. Mm-hmm. So my job has gotten easier when it comes to partnering with brands, more, way more easier than it was nine years mm-hmm. ago, eight years ago. One of the recent stories that touched me, I think, to this point and there have been many, by the way, was the story um, where you offered a voucher by Mr. D and, and Pick and Pay to uh, one of your community members. And for me, that's what I mean about right, the feeling. Can you share yes. how that story brought the contact and brought Good Things Guide to life in a way that we experience it? And, and that is exact. This story is exactly why I say it matters that brands understand the content creators that they're partnering with and also trust them. They trust them that they know what they're speaking about when it comes to their audience. So the agency contacted me and they said to me, Mr. D wants to partner with you because they are partnering with Pick and Pay to, to launch this campaign where you can basically check a 60-60 and I'm adding all the brands in here, <laughs> but you can check a 60-60 your, yeah. your groceries. So sure. it's their, it's their um, sort of vehicle to get the groceries to your house. Mm-hmm. And in order to launch this campaign, they want to give you a 500 rand grocery voucher so that you can test the service. And in that initial meeting, when they mentioned this, because um, fir- the first conversation was, would you work with Mr. D? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then when they mentioned the 500 Rand gro- grocery voucher, I just thought to myself, like, how cuck is it that people are going to watch me, a guy that has got a car and has got a job and, you know, that has expensive sunglasses or whatever that is. Um, and now I'm getting a free 500, 500 Rand voucher to spend on myself so you can watch me buying my groceries. Yeah. Like, I feel that's, that's not true to who I am. Sure. And it's not true to what Good Things Guy is about. So I said to the client, no, 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 no. Why don't we do this? Why don't I give the 500 Rand voucher not to a homeless person, not to someone in need. I give it to someone in my community circle who I've known for many years. And I know that she does good for the community. So she feeds people. She's got all these good things that she does. Why don't I give it to her? Yeah. And let her tell me how the service helped her be able to keep helping. And on that call, Mr. Delivery, the agency, they went, what? That's, that's brilliant. Yes. That's so clever. And I was like, yes, because it's me. That fits in who I am. So then, then they said, well, how would you roll it out? So I said, cool. I'll create a video, the first piece of content, where I hand over that 500 Rand voucher to Samantha Perry, who is the, the kind mm, individual. Yeah. And then we'll do a follow-up 
Um, and the follow-up will be a podcast where I'll interview her. I will speak about what it was like uh, using the pick-and-pay voucher, but more so, the, the Mr. D pick-and-pay voucher, but more so, I want to speak about the people that she's helping, because that's what really matters in this instance. And they said, what a brilliant idea. Give her the 500 Rand voucher. And in that podcast, we want to give her an extra 5,000 Rand as a wow factor. Yeah. And that's exactly how the campaign rolled out. And it was beautiful, mm. and it was well-received. And both the video and the podcast had thousands of views. I think the video had like 30,000 views because it was an interesting thing for people to see and it was a kind gesture and it was authentically me. Mm. So brand being brave with the content creator, listening to the content creator and understanding that maybe together, it doesn't have to be a tick the box thing. You can create a bit of magic and be kind in the process. Yeah. Out of that, I'm getting this, of course, the sense of authenticity, of context, understanding context and of collaboration, openness to it more than anything. Um, do you think that these are some of the things that have helped people connect with Good Things Guy as a community over the years? Yes, 100%. 100%. So I think... Like, I am who I am. I, I am the person that you're speaking to right now. Um, I'm the good things guy. Um, I, drink, I drink wine on the weekend and I get out of hand. I play a bit of paddle. I go to gym. I, this, uh, I'm a gay. I'm, I'm gay. There's, there's like all these different parts to who I am. And I've always been very open about the fact that I'm a multifaceted, very complex human who likes to tell good news? Sure. It's, it's one part of yeah. me. And I think I use, so Good Things Guy as a platform is the good news space. That's where the good news gets told. But on the rest of my social media, I've been very, very open about those different parts of me. And, and it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes on my social media, I'll rant about politics or I'll tell people like I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's made not only not only me be authentic, yes. but for the brand to be authentic as well, because it's not just, it's not just a good news site. There are human beings behind it as well. Mm. And, um, and I think that's important. That's, you know, yeah. we, we're all human is, is where we can connect. Yeah. What strategies did you use to build and nurture the community? Again, there are two communities here. So, um, one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing and I've seen, um, from, you know, as an outsider, is that you are this magnetic person that if you do something, people kind of, people are drawn to it, right? So they are drawn to good things, guy, because they are drawn to how you think and how you kind of view the world. Um, and a lot of that, um, and a lot of that is carried through in Good Things Guy, except Good Things Guy does it at a bigger level. And, and also you can kind of tap into it a lot. How would you then say you've built the community? What strategies did you use personally and in business? Yeah, so I think the strategy, the strategy with, with Good Things Guys, uh, consistency, I'll go back to that. Yeah. So when I started eight years ago, I still had a job. I was doing two at the same time. I was doing this corporate sort of brand activation space. And then I was writing in the background. And I first started writing one good news story every day that I had to find. And that quickly became three. And then, and then it became six. And I'm not sure why six was the number, but six was the number in my head. And to write a story, it's not quick. I mean, there wasn't ChatGPT. 
There are no touchy feely, none of that, none of that. Um, so when when people send me st- stuff, sometimes they don't understand. You need context. It can't just be one sentence. You can't tell me, oh my gosh, I saw I saw a woman. Uh, I don't know. Feed someone. That's I need more context. Yes. I need I need a story. I need juice. I need an interview. Mm. I need to actually write it. So each story was taking more and more and more time. Sure. Um, sure. But what I did. For the first seven years that Good Things Guy was in existence, for the first seven years, I published six stories every single day. Every day. Christmas, New Year's Day with a hangover, my birthday. I didn't take a single day off for seven years. For seven years, I worked. And I think that consistency is, is, is what's helped Good Things Guy be what it is today. And I think... My team that, that are doing that right now, like I'm here, I'm on a podcast with you, I'm not writing, mm. but the team mm. understand the level of consistency. Sure. And I think that's, that's an important strategy that I had with the platform to keep it what it is. So consistency, get, get, get the good news stories out there. The other strategy, and I don't know if this is a strategy or just stupidity, but I've always told my entire team that the number of readers don't matter. Sure. It doesn't matter. You're not chasing clicks. You're not chasing readers. You need to just inspire one person mm-hmm. with your story yeah. to think differently. Mm-hmm. That, that's all that matters. If one person reads what you've written and they feel a little bit better about their community, about South Africa, if they have a laugh, if they, if they think a little, you, your job is done. Like that, so don't ever focus on the numbers. That's not what it is about. So I think that's what's worked for for Good Things Guy as a platform. My strategy, um, I I don't know if I have a strategy. I don't know if there is some strategic. I think my my strategy is to be kind. Yeah. If that is a strategy, uh, to lead with kindness in everything that I do, um, to be empathetic to other people, to understand we're all. And I like to say, we're all hanging by a very thin thread. Yeah. Every single one of us. Mm. Even you, Bongezi, <laughs> even you. You can sit there, you've got a beautiful smile, but there's something, we're all hanging by a really, really thin thread. And I think when we lead with kindness, uh, we make the journey for others in this world a little bit better. Mm. And that's not frivolous. That's not me putting on a show. That's who I am and that's what I believe. And I think if that's a strategy, then I'll own it. Yeah. I'll own kindness as a strategy. Yeah, I think my 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 thin thread is a leash for my pet peeve, and the pet peeve is on the other side, other end of that thread. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, so what what for you is one of the most exciting sort of influencer or influence trends that? is on the horizon or one that's developing that you're following at the moment. Um, and just before you answer, one of the things that one of the things that I'm that I'm noticing as 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 things change is that digital, of course we know that digital is growing, but also digital platform ownership is growing in leaps and bounds. So less and less traditional platforms are are, are starting up some of these some of these uh, platforms and news sites. Um and also there's increased trust in the individual. Um as yes. as I'm also seeing there's also a lot of growth and money advertising revenue going into podcasting. And you are in all three of these spaces. What else for you is exciting? 
Listen, I, so I think I've been on TikTok now. I was on TikTok before TikTok was TikTok. Right. I was on TikTok when it was Musical.ly. Yes. Back in the day, Musical.ly. <laughs> um, I think I, I am excited about TikTok as a, as a platform. And I'm, I'm thankful and I'm amped that so many South Africans are embracing it. And um, I said it the other day on my Insta story. So creating content is hard work. True. It is hard work. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you tell me that you slapped that together and it's just a video that you've put up. There is a thought process that goes into creating content. And, and I take my hat off to content creators that put in so much time, so much effort. My, my content creation is the written word. That is where, that's what I'm good at. That is what I'm able to, to, to do, to tell stories by putting things into words. Like yeah. that, that for me is, is my forte. But with other people, it's creating video. Yes. And, and I love content creators. I love what they're doing. And I find that TikTok is this platform where you can be anything and you can do anything. And the algorithms aren't fighting with you as much as other platforms. So I think that's a very exciting um, medium. I also love that, um, and I don't know if we can call it podcasting anymore. I think it's more vidcasting yeah. would be the, the right word, maybe. But South Africans have wholly embraced vidcasting. Yeah. And I'm seeing it all over my feeds. There are, I mean, Gareth Cliff started Cliff Central nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Nine years ago was when podcasting had just really taken off in South Africa. And Gareth was at the forefront of that. I'm sure he still is. I'm on his show next week, Monday, um, whatever. He's great at what he does. Uh, but there are thousands of other South Africans that have been given a voice and, and I just want to take my hat off to all the content creators out there. I'm telling you now, people are watching you. You're entertaining us. Please don't stop. Sure. I think that's what I'm excited yeah. for. Yeah. So Brent, in closing, um, we have a bit of a tradition um, here on the show where we like to invite our guests to think of someone whose work or thinking they like and admire. Um, and then, of course, there's this question as a result of whoever that person is. So if you could ask any living person about their unique take on marketing, creativity, and their creative approach to work or life, who would that person be? And what question would you ask them? Sure. Um, so, so Mike Sharman, I'm sure, I'm sure you know of him. <laughs> yes. Mike Sharman, yeah. retroviral. Um, I, I think his brain is fascinating. I think he's just, the way he thinks about things is not normal. And, and I think a lot more of us, it's almost like he, he never lost his childlike imagination uh, and, and bravery to be creative. Yeah. Like, it's just the most amazing thing to see. So I think my question would be, um, how did you not lose that? Because we do, as adults, we, we tend to become fearful, I think, of yes. our decision making. And, and he just somehow hasn't. And, he, and, you know, it pushes the boundaries. And he's very lucky because he gets very brave clients who will go on that journey with him. Yes. So my question is, how, Mike Sharman, did you not lose that beautiful, childlike quality of being brave in your creativity? That's amazing. Um, and it's, it's interesting that you ask that because I see that in you, right? I see that in you. I think, I think a lot of people... When 
if you asked people, if you did a, a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, like a survey, ran a survey before you started Good Things Guy with the growth that traditional media was seeing on digital, people would have told you that people don't want a good news story. And you went against that, right, and built something and you saw good in people in a way that I would say is also, in a sense, kind of childlike because kids see good in others, right? So, so, so kudos to you. And yes, I'll get your question through to Mike as well. Thanks so much, Ben. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on the show. And I know your show is a little bit longer. We've cut it short today because I've got a really big meeting to go to. And I'm sure your viewers and listeners will update them when the time's ready. Absolutely. But thank you for letting me um, do a short show. And thank you, Mongezi, for what you do. Um, we've known each other for many years. We've done things here and there. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's so rad to be spending a bit of time with an old friend. This, uh, this has been beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Thanks so much. Good luck with your meeting. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Lead Creative. Did you get one insight that's worth sharing from this episode? Please share it with your network or your friends. Pop me some of your ideas and innovative finds on Twitter on at Mongesi. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find me on mongesi.com.